This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. That's you. You're so welcome. It's nice to have you here. Fear. Fear fear's a funny thing. <laughs> I don't mean like a joke, not that kind of funny. It's just really strange. The things that we can be afraid of, the things that we can experience, actually having a root of fear behind them. It, it can lock us up. It stops us engaging. It stops us making decisions. We get frozen. We get stuck. We get stuck. We get stuck. Hmm. It could be something that's hard, a hard thing to do. It could be there's a decision to make and we keep putting it off. Often fear is behind that. Fear is at the back of that. The fear of getting it wrong. And it's near cousin, the fear of not getting it right. There is a subtle difference between fear of getting it wrong and fear of not getting it right. <laughs> at least I think so. Same effect, but it's slightly different. Fear of what others will think, fear of mm, all kinds of things, isn't it? We all have fear. Now, some of that fear is healthy, like fear of heights, fear of fire, and numerous other things, these are major risks, major, major hazards to us that actually we are sensible to be afraid of, to have fear. And that's not really what I'm talking about. That healthy fear, that's one thing. But there are lower level fears. What if I make a mistake? Yeah. What, what if you do make a mistake? And then what? So what? What's the effect going to be? What's the impact of that going to be? Well, it depends what the mistake is. I know. But in principle, we can worry about the thing being larger. The worry can be larger than, than actually the thing itself, if we face it head on. So what if I make a mistake? What if I don't know what to do? I'm afraid I don't know what to do. I haven't got confidence. I remember what happened last time. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? I remember what happened last time. I don't want that to happen again. Mm. I don't want to get kicked. What are you going to do about not getting kicked by an alpaca? Have you any idea? How do you, how do you not get kicked by an alpaca? Well, you've got to understand what makes an alpaca kick. You've got to understand the things you do which produce that response from an alpaca. And then don't do it. Stand in the right place. Don't stand in the wrong place. Again, very similar, but slightly different. So there are things that we can do which will reduce the possibility, the likelihood, the, the impact of being kicked by an alpaca. So face the right direction. If you're doing work with the feet, then you face, stand next to their side and face towards their tail. So you're looking down away from their head, down the, the length of the body. If they kick backwards, they're not going to hit you. They're not going to get you in the face or the body or anywhere that's that's going to cause problems. 
either injury or discomfort. So that's a helpful thing just to be aware of. Face the right direction. Don't don't stand behind them and then try and do something. You're going to get kicked. Be careful about the other ones that you're not working with. <laughs> if if their back end is facing near you, it's just possible you're going to get kicked. What happens? Okay, well, they haven't got a hoof. They've got a pad. So the impact of a kick from an alpaca, I'm not minimizing it. I've had some really nice kicks from them, but I'm. it's not quite the same as being kicked by a horse with a hoof, particularly if it's got a shoes on as well. So those things you can do to reduce that, to minimize that. Understand what provokes the animal. Put yourself in the best position to be safest. So there are things that you can do. Going back to fear. These things will lock us up. We get stuck. We can't engage. We pretend not to be here, in a sense. We just ignore it. If we ignore it long enough, it'll go away. You do know that it doesn't work. Okay, so it sometimes works. But usually, if you ignore it long enough, it'll come back and bite you. Not literally. I'm not talking about alpacas now. Just talking about a general thing of things we're afraid of and we keep putting off. They'll come back to bite us and it'll be worse than if we engage with it and deal with it now. Alpacas have those kind of low-level fears too. Now, they have big fears and they'll run away (laughs) and you'll hear the alarm cry and they will just get out of the situation. Panic. Get away. But the lower-level fears, okay, oh, did you see that? Ears went up. They suddenly saw something there was a sudden movement. You moved too quickly. You picked something up. There's a, what's that? A bag under his arm. What? He doesn't normally have a bag under his arm. What's that? So there are things that they will react to, responding to, and feel a level of fear. Okay, it's not major fear, but it's a level of fear. Uh, call it anxiety if you like, but there's a little bit of fear. But I'm going to talk about how they respond to that. They're going to behave slightly differently. They're more on edge. They're going to tend to react to situations. They're not just passively standing there watching what's going on. They're a little bit concerned about what it is you're going to do next. So how can we do things that will help that? We have to start thinking alpaca. What is the fear that they have? What is the concern that they've got? Is it because of a previous experience? Is it just because of it being unknown? Are you rushing them? How do you reduce the feeling of fear or anxiety that the alpaca is feeling? How can we encourage engagement and actually them being present with you? Let me, let me tell you about the three young boys. They're, they're going off to a new home. I've been doing a lot of work with them with, with haltering training. It's always fun. I love getting up close with them. And they, when they're damp and they smell like popcorn. <laughs> it's true. Damp alpacas, smell of popcorn. Try it. Next time you get near enough to a damp alpaca, see what you think it smells of. So, yeah. So I've been doing some work. I've been putting the halters on. Been, been just doing the handling, just getting the sensations around the, the head, around the nose me up close and all those things. And the, you know, and the first day was minimal. I didn't do too much. I stopped before I had to. And that's, you build those little steps bit by bit. And there was some anxiety. There was some bit of fear, but it 
became better as time went by. The thing that they most feared, what is this thing that's coming near my face, that's coming near my nose, that's being put on me, that they've never had that experience before. They haven't had a halter on before, so it's brand new. It's understandable. So you hold it, not too far away, but close enough for them to see, to have a little sniff, have a smell, to start to go, uh, not sure, but, and start to accept it. And then gently putting it on, gently taking it off, gently putting it on, leaving it on, and actually fastening it up. So there's a progression of steps here, which is all building their confidence that this isn't a dangerous thing that's going on. They're not completely relaxed about it yet. No, of course not. It's a process we're going through. They behave slightly differently, these three. It's quite interesting. And you might recognize this in some of your own alpacas. So there's, there's one of them regularly will stand on my foot. I'm standing next to them and they kind of stand and they lean against and the head comes in or sometimes they'll, they'll lean their body against mine. That's not helpful. <laughs> I understand why they're doing it. They're kind of opting out. There are some that will put their head through bars and, and that kind of stuff and opt out. I'm not, I'm not in this catch pen. They put their head outside. That's the old ostrich trick, isn't it? So it's not that for all of these three, but Nid, Nidian, he's a sweetie. He's a bit more panicky. He's a bit more wary, a bit more concerned or anxiety with him. So he needs a bit more work and a bit more gentle and a bit more time. That's the biggest thing you can give them is time to think about what's going on. And he doesn't like the sensation of the, the halter and the lead. Um, he's understanding the signals now and the little move tugs to move him forward. But he'll then suddenly flip out and he'll throw his head up and down. I'm really concerned that he's going to be so close to something. When he comes down, he's going to bang his head in and going to hurt himself. And, and the, you've got to keep reducing the the tension of the the lead so that he's not pulling against you. You don't want to get in a fight like that. So when he pulls away, when he put, when he rears up, when he think, then release the, the don't, relate, don't let go of the lead, but release the tension there. And then re-engage, not, you're not pulling him, you're not dragging him, but just giving a connection, a light connection. How do I teach they teach you to do that on a podcast? I can't. But you get the idea. There are things, there are steps. Uh, but he's he's a he puts his head down. As we, as I'm trying to make him move, trying to move <laughs> move forward, he puts his head down. So he's got his head on the nose, on the grass. And he's, this is him opting out. This is how he opts out. So I regularly keep, have to step in, lift his head and stand him up and try and get him to connect with, be present, to connect with what we're doing, to be engaged. And it's just going to take time. He's getting better, but it's going to take time. And some of the others, it's different. Some of them, Steph, Steph is really bright. He's he's kind of the leader of the three, Definitely. And, and he, he, when you try to move them around and stuff, he, he's weighing up all the time. Where's the biggest gap? Where, where, what can I do if I need to break away? Um, but he's accepting that. And I took him for a really nice, nice walk today, a nice long walk. And that was, that was good. He's accepted and we're making progress there. But he opts out in a slightly different way. So occasionally he'll rear up and you just got to kind of watch that and, and allow, take the tension off again. Don't let him pull against you. Don't rear up and pull against you the lead, but just release that pressure, keep hold of the lead, but give him a bit of space. And, and he's now getting, and then I keep stopping when he, when he stops and he's kind of starting to resist, 
I just let him have a think, let him have a look, and then just give him a little tug and move him on again. So that's working with him. And then my rig, my rig is a different one again. He's a little bit in the middle between Nidian and, and Steph. He's a bit nervy, but not too bad. But I took him and I took him a little bit too far. The, the elastic got stretched too far. All of a sudden he decided, actually, I am a long way from my friends. And he panicked. So he got some alarm cries and stuff and he got it. But he turns into me. He regularly, as I'm trying to to do things for them, if, if I'm, if he, if he comes in and if I'm turning him round, um, but like training a dog to walk to heel. So if he if he starts pulling and rushing ahead, then I'll I'll turn him round and, and lead him back, and then bring him back the the way I was originally going. So it's it's trying to stay in control and keep the thing flowing without panicking him. But he will he'll come into me. He'll 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 tuck in close, and he's and it's a it's a different kind of opting out thing going on. So. Three of them, three different responses to this feeling of anxiety, the feeling of not sure that I like this. And you just need to be careful that you you don't build a bigger problem for tomorrow. So particularly with, the, with this halter training and all that kind of stuff, as I've said before, do enough, do a little, stop before you have to, stop when you're on a win. <laughs> it's better to do a little bit less and leave it really positive than to go a little bit further and have something where they they didn't do very well. They panicked. They got really stressed. Uh, watch the flaring nostrils. Watch the the the, the kind of the the flank or the the, the sides going in and out. Uh, where they're breathing breathing really hard. If that, that's a real strong sign of stress, so just slow the thing down, calm it down, and finish as soon as you can after that. Fear. It's a funny thing. If there are things that we can do for ourselves that reduce the fear, that allow us to engage, that allow us to be present with the problem, as it were, a similar approach, you've got to develop a strategy. Okay, you're not an alpaca. And alpacas aren't going to work exactly the same as you do. But the principle here of reducing the fear, reducing the stress and taking some of the heat out of that, but doing it in a way that means that they're present and that they're engaged with what's going on. Small steps build it so that they're getting positive reinforcements and then you're going to make some progress. Uh, going back to you, mm, that's a challenge, isn't it? How do you do that thing of, of saying, okay, I'm going to do the, I'm, that thing that I don't want to do. I'm going to do it. That decision that I don't want to make because I'm not quite sure if I'm going to do the right thing. Okay. Hey, you might not know. That's okay. Then you find out more. If you need more information, then you find out more information. If you need somebody to help you make the decision, then reach out. There are plenty of other breeders around, other alpaca people around who will happily help you think something through. Now, you've got to make the decision at the end of the day. You've got to take the information and the comments and the advice that they might give, and you've got to make your own decision. So there's no getting away from it, <laughs> but you can get that advice and input and help to get you in a place where you're able to make a decision. And if it's the wrong one, you just make another decision. And if it's not quite the right one, you just make another decision. 
it's not most of what we're doing is not the end of the world if we do something that isn't quite right. So don't let fear get the better of you. Easier said than done. I know. I really do. And the more that you stand up to it, the more that you don't allow fear to rule you, then the easier it's going to get. But you're still going to face it. You're still going to face it in situations, some of which you've thought you've got past. It's one of those things where funny, complicated things, aren't we, people? People are funny and complicated. Yeah. So hopefully that gives a bit of help both for you and for your dealings with the alpacas about how to go beyond the fear. So if you can, do go spend some time with your alpacas. Enjoy the time, be present with them and enjoy the last rays of summer sun, which had very rapidly turning into autumn. Take care. See you again soon. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.